0: Hey, Brandon. Great to have me on the show. How are you doing today?
1: I'm doing well, and Thanks for having me.
0: So, Brandon, you're Chief Strategy Officer at UiPath, Founder and Managing Director at Crew Capital, a VC company based out of NY. And uh, obviously, today, we're here to talk about UiPath, which is a, a software platform to help organizations efficiently automate business processes through robotic process automation, which is otherwise known as RPA, which I've only recently heard about. Um, it's really interesting going into depth on, on on uipath and you know I'm really interested to see what we uh, we can learn today so I thought we'd just kick off by asking uh, what factors have contributed to the rapid acceleration of of AI and automation um, recently
1: yeah well you know I, uh, I had first uh, heard about uipath and that met- daniel the the founder of the business in in 2016 just as they were starting to get initial uh, commercial traction uh in the business predominantly in in europe and asia before they hadn't entered the u.s market and uh you know i was asking myself kind of the same question as to you know what's what's going on in this market it's still very early it feels like greenfield um but lots of potential and uh you know what I was able to gather, based on my research, conversations with customers, with people who had been following, you know, BPM and the automation more, uh, the automation market more broadly, was that there were really uh, three key market forces that all kind of converged around, you know, 2015, 2016, um, and it just made the UiPath product set really well positioned. With the with these types of things, it always is a matter of you know, persistence, investment, and a little bit of luck. Uh, And I think the three, you know, the three market forces that converged were um, one, one that took a lot of time, uh, was that there were just better documented uh, business processes. Over the last several decades, um, BPOs had made a tremendous amount of movement uh, in better structuring and documenting the processes on behalf of their clients, which some of the largest Organizations and enterprises on the planet, and so this effectively gave a blueprint uh, for where automation could be most fruitful, uh, at least in the early days of you know uh, software automation. Uh, the second is you know we're talking about people are talking a lot about generative AI and these foundational models today. I actually think that that really took place the emergence of AI coming out of you know the AI winter back then, two thousand fifteen. We had really cheap compute power. It led to massive, massive amounts of uh, data, and there was kind of this AI awakening, uh, as a lot of reporters uh, had had mentioned at the time. And as luck would have it, uh, this technology that UiPath had, this this RPA engine, fulfillment engine, kind of became the fastest entry point to AI. And you know, data scientists were a very uh, in demand role at the time. They were building all these new ML scripts, but there wasn't a really great means by which to bring those data models into the operational fold of a business. And RPA was a much simpler mode by which to do that. You know, I always always talk about um, the analogy of like, you know, the brain and the arms and the legs. So you had these data scientists that were kind of building the brain um, of these scripts, but UiPath could effectively become the arms and legs to conduct the actual work within the business. And if you have a brain with no execution, the arms and legs. You don't really, you can't create any output. Yeah. Um, and so that was kind of the second. And then the last thing um, was more about us at the time, and it was just the maturity of our technology, predominantly our computer vision, um, which is you know a highly complex technological challenge, not something that can be solved with money alone. It took a long time to develop. Uh, you need to understand all of the nuances, right? all of the end scripts to all of these different systems. And uh, there's just kind of a a gestation dynamic that's at play. And um, we were really coming to a point of maturity in terms of enterprise scalability and security and um, got our messaging down. And so you had all these things come together and it just kind of worked really well.
0: And obviously, uh, I mean, AI is the hot topic at the moment, Uh, but you, you guys have been in it for more than 10 years, I think. Um, as you, as you sort of been alluding to, uh, do you, the recent interest in it, is that, is, has anything helped like technologically, technologically recently, that's going to propel your business forward or are you, is this things you, you know, you've already been working on for years and, and, and really it's just, you know, there's just more interesting at the moment, but you're already there and established and, uh, providing the benefits from, from AI.
1: Yeah. I mean, we've been building AI in our technology for many years, um, But the AI product strategy itself, I would say, really has, it has evolved Um, and it it has kind of three distinct layers in my mind. Um, We have AI that's built into our technology and this is the stuff that, you know, we've been working on for for a long time. Uh, You know, people talk about these, like, these horizontal models now, these large language models where, you know, you write anything in, it has, you know, an understanding and can put uh, an output that, you know, based on natural language makes a lot of sense. I would say our AI, our built-in AI strategy, historically, and this is the case of a lot of AI companies, was very practice-oriented. Um, and what I mean by that, it was AI applied at a very specific use case. So you know, we have a document understanding product that can you know, read documents, open emails, look at PDFs, and extract information. You know, we're one of the best in the world at that. Uh, and that AI technology we've had for many years, and it's something that we've been refining over a long period we have a task mining product very similar very specific practice area of ai Um, there have been new products that have come along as well we have a new product um, uh, called clipboard ai which is like a semantic copy paste imagine taking uh, data fields out of any sort of document doing a control c copy and then being able to paste all that data semantically into a new application understanding you know if a name is listed in, in this pdf Uh, knowing to paste that name into the application field, um, all the way down to, you know, address, billing info, uh, it saves a lot of time for people. So there's been, um, some stuff that's made some of these built in AI capabilities easier, like that last one I mentioned. Um, but those are all things that we've built into our products. We also have this notion of bring your own model. Um, you know, there's a lot of really smart organizations out there who have invested into, uh, a certain level of capability. Uh, with their data science teams, with their AI teams, they've they've built their own models. And and I don't think we're so naive to think that we're gonna solve every sort of AI problem that exists on this planet. Uh, You wanna let your customers have the power of choice. And so um, we allow them to bring their own models into our studio, have our robots um, push that data to their models, the models can make a a decision um, based on whatever logic that they're using, and we can go execute that decision. Based on their yeah. models, um, and then the third uh, uh, pillar for us is uh, you know integration with with third parties. And so, you know, I think OpenAI is uh, getting a lot of press right now. They've um, they've done some amazing work, but we've been long partners of Google and Amazon as well. And I think that there's going to be a very long tail of uh, you know younger startups uh, working on these types of problems. And you know, our, our plan is to work with a lot of them. Um, again, with with a goal of bringing the power of flexibility openness and choice to our customers
0: and can you give us some examples of how um, some of the industries that you work with at, AI, at UiPath um use RPA in you know to help their businesses uh, provide value you know to their customers?
1: Well you know one of the um, I think one of the most powerful things about this category is that It's highly horizontal. Um, You know, we we have customers in dozens of different industries. We've been global by nature from day one. Company obviously uh, has its roots in in Bucharest, Romania, but we've expanded our customer base into India and Japan, uh, Western Europe, Eastern Europe, North America, South America with revenues, you know, fairly distributed and customers fairly distributed across all of them. you know, we serve large healthcare systems, large banks, insurance companies, telcos, retail businesses, manufacturers, oil and gas. Um, you know, there's just so much that you can build with uh, with UiPath business automation platform. And it's a bit like Excel. When people ask in the sense, like, you know, can I do this in Excel? Can I build a formula that calculates this? The answer is inevitably yes. It's simply a matter of, do you know the right formulas? It's the template put in place in a way that's relational and won't break if you do certain things to it. You know, we, we have a very robust offering and we can support companies in all of these industries uh, and reveal the art of the possible to them in terms of driving the results that they ultimately want. Um, the results that most of our co- co- customers typically want have revolve around um, saving cost, saving their employees time, up-leveling their employees, uh, or uh, freeing up bandwidth to innovate more with the existing resources that they have, doing more with less. Effectively, the definition of what automation brings. Um, if I, you know, if I think of a few examples of, you know, some marquee accounts, you know, DHL, uh, one of the largest global forwarding and freight companies on the world, uh, they rely on us exclusively for all business automation needs. Um, you know, they have a little over 500 automations uh, built. Um, they've deployed that to 400 plus employees, uh, all focused on very high level work. Uh, they have a, a centralized virtual delivery center uh, that focuses on uh, identifying new use cases, developing and scaling those robots across the enterprise. It's an amazing story from one of those marquee brands and, you know, a, a freight forwarding, um, I'm sorry, a global forwarding and freight business. Um, so driving innovation through automation there. Um, we also also have a, a healthcare group, NHS Trust, uh, that has a very large uh, automation program. Uh, they actually, they actually uh, train 50 employees every single month on automation. Their robots are handling millions of transactions, from appointment scheduling to patient referrals, moving data between their different systems. It's absolutely crucial to uh, their digital transformation strategy.
0: And do you think, uh, you've crossed the chasm from early adopters, which I imagine were the first, you know, the first people to sort of start using RPA. Uh, have we got, have you now gone mainstream and you got a lot of big customers now, or is uh, what is the market potential do you think moving forward?
1: Well, the, uh, I, you know, I have to be a bit careful on what I disclose as we are in a, uh, uh, blackout period right now ahead of our, our, uh, Q1 earnings. But I think, you know, per our previous uh, earnings report, you know, we have uh, approximately 200 plus customers that are paying us north of a million dollars a year. We have something like a thousand, you know, greater than a thousand businesses paying us over a hundred thousand dollars in annual recurring revenue. Um, We have a very long tail of early companies, people that have, you know, just come in uh, to our product suite uh, trying to think through all the innovative ways that they can get leverage out of what is now a pretty expansive platform that spans all the way from discovering new processes, managing those processes, building new ones, and then analyzing them to get to understand what your ROI is. And what we've found over time, and this comes through and you know, how we report how we talk about the majority of our companies, uh, sorry, our customers, um, is that over time uh, they become more sophisticated over time they use the product more and more um, over time they train more of their employees to become uh, automation for citizen developers and this is true in every industry in every country in the world we have a very large and active developer community of almost 2 million people all over the world people who you know have been trained on our product understand how to drive value from, you know, building automations in our studio, various studio products. And, uh, you know, it's why people uh, uh, skill themselves on our technology. It's why our customers grow with us over time. Um, And it's what's created this, you know, this flywheel effect of, uh, you know, innovation and growth and and innovation.
0: And can you just quickly give us a uh, an overview of your your background and how you've gone from software to VC and back again? It seems like a, quite an interesting path.
1: Yeah, well, you know, I um, I started my career uh, actually building uh, products. So I was I uh, started my career at a much larger tech company that I think a lot of people uh, are probably familiar with at least the brands have called Intuit, and uh, so they you know creators. QuickBooks and uh, payroll solutions. And, uh, you know, I started out building an early version of a payment gateway API there. Uh, it was a kind of a failed version of what Stripe ultimately became at the time. And I've always said that, you know, uh, working at a big company, it's a great place to start your career and a great place to end your career. And so, I, you know, I spent like four years that coming. I learned a lot along the way. I had a bunch of different roles and opportunities and and managers, but, um, it was a big public business when I was there in 2011. And I really wanted to, uh, go try something smaller. Um, and, you know, this is, you know, in this period of time, we were just coming out of the, you know, the the housing crisis and, um, you know, tech, tech was starting to come into its own, but it was pretty hard to decipher, uh, what was noise and what was real opportunity. And so I. Found myself going to a venture capital firm uh, on the East Coast, uh, and I thought it'd be it helped me build a skill set to help evaluate young companies to ultimately help me, you know, determine um, what could be a good next path for me. I, it was supposed to be a couple year in and out thing. It turned into an additional another four year journey. I I really enjoyed the opportunity of working with young founders and CEOs and um, helping build businesses in an advisory uh, board member type of position. Uh,
0: and as we had started
1: this session in 2016, when I first met Daniel, I think that really, you know, after all the hundreds or thousands of companies that me and my team had evaluated, that became one that I was really excited about. And, uh, ultimately I'd found the one to make the leap and UiPath became what it, what it became. And again, there's a lot of luck and timing in that, but you build muscle memory and, um, when you see what good looks like enough you have a sense of you know that you see what great looks like enough times you don't see great that frequently though yeah. so you're you're kind of acting on on imperfect data
0: and um how does how does ui path develop like a com- competitive moat is that something you're actively working on or
1: well i think god uh... Competitive mode. I think that there's a lot of ways in which we've developed a competitive mode. I think technologically, uh, there's, you know, we've, we've become subject matter experts in our domain in automation. And I think over time, you know, there's the core of attended and unattended and the orchestration of, of our robots um, that's become extremely resilient, very secure, um, highly scalable. We work with, you know, businesses that are in the U.S. federal government. We work with highly regulated industries uh, such as banking and healthcare. And so I think we've, we've solved um, we've been able to cater uh, to some of the most sophisticated organizations in the world um, in that core element of our, of our product. I think, you know, on the periphery, we've also had a really great nose for what's to come. Uh, And so, you know, you, you look at some of the synergies that exist between, you know, core automation, between process mining, task mining, email classification, which is um, you know, a component of our product now for an acquisition that we made late last year a company called Reinfer. Uh, you look at a lot of the analytics that we've added on top, um, the ability to ingest uh, AI models through our own models or uh, bring your model or some of the third parties we work with. So we've kind of continued to expand over time, further in the mode uh, technologically, uh, horizontally, but also going deeper, uh, in terms of, you know, sysadmin requirement, scalability, security, etc. I also think that there's, um, equally valuable non-technological elements to how we've grown that have created a mode for us. That, you know, I'll talk about too. you know, the, our, our partner ecosystem. Um, you know, we work with some of the largest global system integrators and in, in, uh, regional Uh, system integrators on on the planet. You know, you you look at um, EY, PwC, I think are a couple, Accenture that we mentioned publicly. Uh, We have fantastic relationships with those organizations, very strong shared customer bases, um, uh, skin in the game in terms of making our customers uh, jointly successful. Um, And it's no surprise that, you know, some of our largest partners are also some of our largest customers. It's, a, it's 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 a great state uh, it's a great statement of trust and validation um, when the people who are out there you know pushing your messaging and embracing what you do are also leveraging it internally uh, so I think you know that's a total force multiplier for us I also think um, you know this community that I had mentioned earlier the millions of uh uh, trained, uh, citizen developers that, you know, are logging on to our learning, uh, academy and becoming, uh, better equipped to build, to manage our, our environment in hopes of, you know, maybe getting a job at one of these organizations that's building out a center of excellence all around automation. I think that, uh, you know, that's really provided us an amazing feedback loop in terms yeah. of new product creativity. Uh, but also, in terms of uh, placing people into the workforce to be evangelists uh, for the automation market broadly.
0: And what does the future hold for you, As much as you're able to sort of divulge it, obviously you can. You'd be working on increasing your customer base. That, but are there other areas of interest?
1: Um, well, I'm I'm really excited about uh, the opportunity that some of these new AI, techn- AI technologies represent for us. You know, we, we have, as I said, a good practice area of, of certain things like like document understanding, but now I think through the use of natural language, you could do things like query these documents to pull out very specific pieces of information um, and get an understanding of, you know, what the tone in that document is. So it's not just finding, it's finding things faster, but it's actually understanding you know the meaning of that context within those documents um, I think with um, you know with things like semantic copy paste or clipboard AI product like you're now bringing the power of automation literally to every single knowledge worker in a company yeah. all of us use copy paste on a daily basis a basis uh, to do certain things in our jobs but now to be able to do it you know uh, uh, multifold, you know, pulling so many things at once and putting those into an application with that understanding of where it should go with a high degree of accuracy, I think that, you know, that changes the, the whole game. So I, I think that overall there's gonna be a few sectors in the technology market that have a huge, have, have have advantages from embracing AI. I think there's a lot of really new, cool, up and coming stuff that might be interesting in the future. I think a lot of it's hype today. Yeah. Um, but, you know, there's a proprietary set of data that we have right now, understanding of workflows and processes within a large enterprise. And I think um, being able to take that data, apply it to these models, uh, and being able to lower the barrier of friction to build new automations or um, to build those automations using natural language. Imagine, imagine a world where, you know, you, you have something that you do in your, your day-to-day. Um, you have to, you have to file your expenses or you have to approve something on behalf of one of your employees. And instead of having to actually do that every day, you can through some sort of widget, just say, Hey, build me a process to do this thing. And a robot can be spun up and execute that on the, on your behalf at a scheduled time, all literally through just communication and chat ah. in English.
0: So you just create a playbook for it to follow.
1: Yeah, you're. Yeah, I mean, it's you know, you're you're telling you're you're giving it directions in the same way that you know your mother would tell you to make your bed uh, when you're growing up. I mean, it's 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 that level of understanding. So I think I think that's the underlying power that's being created here, and the companies that will have the ability to harness it will need a certain level of sophistication. They'll need a, a tremendous amount of their own proprietary data to go yeah. um, get that level of simplicity. And you know they'll they'll need the fortitude to stick with with it over a long period of time. You know we're we're in the very early innings of this, and we've been at it for many years longer than most.
0: Yeah. Um, yeah. I was I, I was gobsmacked at how old the company is, considering how you know AI has just come up again. But actually, you know you you've been in the game for so long. Um, just to to wrap up the conversation, Brandon. Uh, I know uh, you've got some other stuff to get onto. The topic that's on a lot of people's minds is about job displacement and AI. Um, what are your thoughts on that? Do, do you think we'll end up creating new opportunities? Do you see it as um, something that just levels up employees so they can, uh, you know, they're able to do more with the time, et cetera? What are your thoughts on that area?
1: I think over the course of, you know, a century plus, it's been proven that uh, technology does not... Um, the the net effect of technology does not reduce jobs but actually breeds new and uh, higher value jobs and i think the same is true with automation and and ai i think that um if used appropriately you know will enhance customer experiences will enhance employee experiences um will give people the opportunity to actually focus on more creative strategic fulfilling aspects of their jobs um and allow people to achieve more in less time, um, which will give organizations the ability to achieve more and less time. And what that translates to, like people are like, oh, uh, you know, I think level one thinking is, you know, this will create cost savings. It'll create boost in product- productivity. And yes, that's true. I think level two is actually like, how do you redeploy that time in those resources? Yeah. Maybe it's now freeing up a product manager to go think about, you know, a new product that uh, the company can, used to satisfy its customers, um, create more stickiness within their product, or create a whole new bundle by which to sell. It could also mean more money to stand up uh, a site in a new geography that, you know, maybe you haven't had the opportunity to go to market in because you're a bit, you know, restrained in a macro that looks like the one today where rates are really high and, you know, growth is challenging. Uh, So, you know, I think all of these things are coming at a really great time in terms of where the global economy is. And it's very often that new technologies like this arise in a period of time where the world needs it most. And it's what actually brings us back to the light.
0: Well, thanks, Brandon. This has been really interesting. Um, Just to wrap up, have you got, where can people go to get information on UiPath or any insights you're releasing? Um, Yeah, if you could, Yeah, um, yeah.
1: Yeah, there's, there's, there's a a ton of publicly available information. If you're looking uh, just to get a cursory view of, you know, our products, the solutions that we have, have an overview of the platform, uipath.com. We have a ton of content on there, white papers, um, free information. There's also the UiPath Academy. If people are looking to actually play with the product and get a bit uh, deeper level understanding of how to build their first automation, Um, the Academy is a, a is a, a wealth of info. It's free. Um, We offer certifications there, Uh, so I think think both of those are, are great.
0: Brilliant. Thanks, Brandon. Have a great rest of the day.
1: Thanks so much.
0: You too.